Hi again, it's China Manufacturing Decoded, the podcast from Sophie's here. I'm Adrian. Joining me is our CEO, Renaud. Well, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Renaud. How are you doing? Hmm, Not bad, not bad, yeah, thanks. Oh, good. Before we get started with today's topic, you're over in Hong Kong at the moment, and I guess some good news COVID-wise, and we don't always get a lot of that, is Hmm. that... uh, that Hong Kong has actually changed its quarantine requirement for arrivals coming in, right? Right, right. They went from three weeks of quarantine to seven days of quarantine to three days of quarantine to zero days of quarantine in mm. a few months. So you you see what, you know, sometimes you need to change the, the administration and the, the chief executive and and uh, things can, uh, can, can move quickly. Um, yeah. I think fundamentally, they let's say 2020, they were really trying to to show Beijing that you know we are a good student. Look at us, you know, keep the the keep the border open, please, so um, we can you know even if there's a lot of quarantine and things like that for you know people coming from abroad. Okay, like within China, let's keep going and then let's keep the the whole activity going and then, you know. Let's keep people coming here to do shopping, and let, let's keep, you know keep Hong Kong people going to China to do stuff and so on. And this never really worked. So after a while, they got tired of it. And in, um, uh, let me, I'm just trying to set the context so people understand. In um, let me see, February, March, basically after Chinese New Year, 2022, Omicron that variant was just too contagious and it just rippled through the population pretty fast mm. uh, and you know, the government fought it um, tooth and nail and until they basically say okay forget it we're just not going to win that fight and um, well everybody still has to wear a mask going outside and going to public places so it's not you know Europe or, or, or North America yet Um and we still have to use an app that, by the way, is looking a little bit more like the Chinese app now with different codes, uh, different mm. color codes and things like that. But, um, you know, we need to snap it and uh, snap the QR code every time we go to a restaurant or a cinema or someplace like that, just so people can track us. But in case, you know, there's there's an outbreak somewhere, but mm. it's it's becoming pretty, uh, yeah, pretty useless. So anyway, they went down to zero, which means, so zero day of quarantine, meaning that you can fly into Hong Kong, you no longer have to have a negative PCR test result, you know, less than 48 hours before the flight to Hong Kong, blah, blah, blah. It's no longer needed, and you don't need to book a quarantine hotel and uh, pay them and spend some some nights there. Uh, So you need to install that app uh, from the Hong Kong yeah. government, and then for the first four days, it's uh, amber color code. You can go to offices. However, you cannot go to restaurants or bars or cinemas. Um, right. So, you know, you got to eat in your hotel room or something like that, basically, mm. if you're a visitor. Okay, but anybody can come. Now, it's not just um, uh, just residents like it was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody can uh, can fly into Hong Kong like before. So with that, well, the organizers of trade shows 
have been busy trying to uh, to kickstart things again. And there's, I don't know, I think there's a big conference for uh, the, the, the finance profession a little bit later. And then there's, there's a Hong Kong Sevens, which is a big rugby tournament um, mm. event that, that was uh, attracting a lot of people. So, you know, these things, it seems they can happen. They can happen. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the big question is how many people would come from other places to Hong Kong where, you know, they have to wear a mask and they, for the first four days, they can't, uh, they can't go to a restaurant or have a beer in, a, in you know, somewhere nice or something. Uh, this is mm. going to be a bit depressing. However, if there's really a, um, you know, if it's important professionally for someone to go to Hong Kong, maybe to see the, the team there or something, it's so much easier than before. Of course, some right. people are coming. Yeah, right. I, I, I think and, that's the important thing to mention, isn't it? It's it's yeah. now, it's possible. Right. Plus, there's going to be a lot more flights because now Hong yeah. Kong people are saying, oh, now we can travel after, you know, two years and a half. <laughs> we have accumulated a lot of days, uh, you know, holidays and things like that okay now we can travel and mm. so they, they they go into to japan soon which is opening in uh, in i don't know like two two weeks or something uh they 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 they're booking to go to uh, to thailand and to, to to a number of places and that means a lot more demand for flights and uh, it means a lot more uh, uh aviation routes reopening um you know to and from hong kong so this will also make it easier for people to come to Hong Kong. Mm, that, that's good. Uh, in the in the period of time when you're sort of under observation, I think it needs to also be said that you do have to do testing regularly, right? So they're going to test you. Do you have to? Do you have to pay for these? You've been through it. No, do you, when you no, have to, you don't, no? you don't have to to pay. And there's a lot of testing stations, so it's really not that difficult to do it. it takes right. Um, it really takes you know three minutes to to walk in and do it if it's not a big center, and yeah, uh, yeah. not not a peak time. So it's, it's really not difficult. Okay, so there you go. Very very different story for going to Hong Kong. I'm sure that's good news to a lot of listeners. I'm sure other listeners are thinking, okay, but how about China? That's a completely <laughs> different topic. Not, <laughs> not getting guess... any better as, as at the time of the recording. Not getting any any, any better. No, just to especially in big cities like Shenzhen, it's just, mm. uh, it's a pain for people who live and work there. And then if you fly there, well, there's, <laughs> there's all kinds of hoops that you have to jump through. And if you're not lucky, mm. if you test positive, then you, you basically you're sent to some kind of prison. I mean, it's really, uh, it's really bad. We'll, uh, we'll actually mm. publish something about one of these cases that happened to uh member of our management team yeah we'll uh we'll collect some uh some details and uh, put it out there because people need to know how bad yeah. it can get if you're not lucky yeah i've had friends that have flown back to china through hong kong at this point so mm. uh, and i'm talking very very recently so they've benefited mm. from not having to quarantine in hong kong mm. or exactly not not exactly quarantine and then they sort of pre-booked travel to go into mainland mm. China and cross the border. The case I'm thinking about was by bus, I think, and mm. then went straight into the quarantine and went through the China quarantine. So 
I think before people were having to fly directly into China and flights were very, very expensive. And I, I'm yes. sure, you know, some of the listeners will have noticed that, you know, we're probably talking like thousands of dollars just one way oh, for flights. $10,000 sometimes, right? Yeah, right. So, and, and I think you would agree that the flights to Hong Kong definitely are not costing that these days. Right, right, right. Definitely. So, yes, yeah. Hong Kong is actually playing a um, a big role for playing, uh, for, for, for people going to China, yes. Yeah. Okay. So that that's Hong Kong. This is episode one two eight, and uh, the topic is uh, a couple of weeks ago. You spoke to Liz Long about how to get started with, you know, basically getting your new hardware product idea uh, mm-hmm. out there. And this is not exactly the same topic, but we are talking about new hardware products, but. This time, we're going to be talking about how to validate your new hardware product idea in the eyes of investors. And right. so you'll take us through, you know, the, I, I suppose the, the role that investors play and uh, a lot of the things that somebody with a new hardware product idea needs to be thinking about. So, yeah, that's that's today, Renault. Let's mm-hmm. take it away. Right. So, and, and yeah, a number of our clients are you know starting a new company to develop a new product Mm. and so this is something that comes back again and again and very often they think okay i have this idea it's an amazing idea you know they're always over optimistic and they always tend to say you know i absolutely have to pay an ip lawyer to get a patent or whatever i can i i absolutely have to do this and to do that and blah blah and i have to get a prototype and i got to get into mass production as fast as i can right because who knows maybe somebody else would have the same idea mm. uh, and and uh there's one thing that they are usually missing it is to validate their idea uh, you know, with potential users, potential customers, and um, and 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 when they they try to raise money, maybe at the very beginning they raise money from f- friends and family, and you know maybe people that they know and so on. It doesn't matter that much, you know. People are, have faith in the people, you know, in the founders maybe of the company, and they think, okay, you know, we we, we have faith. You can put it off, you know. We put ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. You can start to do things and then they they put in their own savings maybe they have uh, another business on the side that's generating some cash to finance it okay and they they get going mm. and they get very focused and let's get to uh, the point where we have you know a prototype that's working and a prototype that, that's working and is looking good and then let's go you know closer and closer into mass production let's launch it on the market let's let's make a big splash you know but this is first time founders okay now people who've been doing that a few times let's say it's their third time not their first time they've done it and done it again and this is time number three usually there's something they will do and they will take a little bit of time to to get that right before they commit to you know basically spending years and years and at the beginning, you know, living miserably and and investing all the money they have, maybe and 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 so on and so forth, uh, mm-hmm. on a project, 
first they have to validate that the idea itself is going to have some traction with the people who need to uh, to who, who are expected to pay for it right so this is a huge blind spot and that's what what, what we wanted to cover today yeah a lot um, of risk here yes so there's there's all, there's all kinds of risks and the 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 earlier in the project the more risk there is right so and sometimes the biggest risk is the technical risk of can we actually get a prototype to do it right mm. if like if you're nasa and working with Lockheed Martin and Boeing and SpaceX and whatever, and saying, okay, we we need a rocket that's going to do like this and go to Mars and then and come back and gather all this information and bring us some rock and all this stuff and then going to come back and and um, uh, you know and land that way in that place. Okay, you're going to try to make one piece of this amazing uh, product, right? And there's a, the technical risk is enormous here. Okay, mm. can you actually make it? Now, you if you if you develop a uh, relatively simple consumer product, where most people would say, yeah, you know, it's just going to take time and and money and you know some engineering design work and so on, but it's it's doable, no problem. Technical risk is not the number one risk. Okay. Some other like business risks, like yeah, being copied and getting the market stolen from under you, which people tend to uh, grossly overestimate at the beginning. The, the, there's a number of risks, but here I want to focus on the the, the market risk. Are mm. people actually going to to buy this product? Right. So let's take an example. Let's say someone. He's, you know, doing some simple experiments, uh, maybe an electronic engineer uh, or electrical engineer with some her experience in the cookware industry. He's doing some yep. experiences and he thinks of something. It's like, I'm going to do that, you know, on my own, my own project, right? So he quits the employer and he 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 wants to develop a uh, a cooking device a cooking solution for people to cook in their homes and he's he's got sort of a, a rough proof of concept uh that's kind of working so he knows that he's onto something right so at this point typically what would he do at this point typically most people would do that they would say nothing for fear that other people would jump on it and copy them they would just um, try to gather maybe a small team of people and get get to a um, get to a prototype and get into production as fast as possible, and maybe show it to a few investors and but be very protective of the way it works and try to 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 um, to raise some money to go ahead. Okay, but that really does not address the market risk at all. It's all theoretical. And when it's theoretical, there's a high chance that it's wrong. Okay. There's a high chance that the way they're going to do it actually is going to be wrong and it's not going to sell. And all of that effort, all of that investment will be for nothing, which is quite painful. Right. So mm. what, what could they do? Uh, first, they have to put that fear of being copied aside a little bit. They need to get out of their basement and talk to people. Right. And I know this 
you know, there's a lot of sayings around that um, in, in, in the startup community, you know, go talk to your users. Don't just, um, don't just hide from them and, and so on. But still, I see very, very few startups doing that well. Um, they, they, they tend to just go ahead because, you know, let's, let's get on the technical track and get something to work and, um, and, and we'll figure out the rest later. You know, because that's what they are sort of familiar with. Now, getting out and talking to people and getting some feedback, which might contradict their ideas, contradict their um, their, their 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 theories. You know, it mm. can be painful, so they don't really want to do it, right? But again, if they if they've done it once, twice, you know, the third time, probably they will spend more time doing it very early on. So uh, maybe let's let's take this example of. The, the, the engineer who thought of a new way to, to cook food um, and he can see that the big benefit is that it would consume much less energy than mm-hmm. using a traditional um, electricity or gas cooking method with a saucepan, right? Sort of the old style uh, cooking cooking way. And then he might think, oh, that, that's perfect with the energy crisis, maybe, you know, in mm-hmm. Europe, People are going to be um, going crazy about it, and 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 so on and so forth. Uh, but it, it it is a bit how to say. You would take people to uh, to buy a new device, which maybe is not cheap, and to find some space in the kitchen for it. And people would no longer be able to um, to use their saucepans if they get rid of their current stove and so on. So they will have to um, to buy some new accessories and so on, right? No, so there's a risk right here. Yeah. If people say, wait a minute, I've been paying that much for all these nice, cute saucepans over the years, and these ones are fancy, and that are, you know, and I like maybe I like to cook things, you know, certain dishes that way in that um cast iron mm. pan or whatever. And you know, I'm not gonna re- get rid of that, forget it. Well, it might be quite surprising to uh, you know to, to someone who really believes in his project. Uh, and maybe the way that he was thinking to, to market it, maybe is completely wrong. So what would he do to um, to validate that? Well, obviously, he's got to have a rough idea about the way it would work, right? But he could prepare some kind of storyboard maybe to show to people. And then he would think, okay, who do I need to convince? Maybe housewives. It's going to be relatively expensive. So at the beginning, it's going to be people with you know a certain level of income and you know maybe it takes a lot of space in the kitchen so maybe i need to um i need to to go to people maybe more in the countryside at the beginning da, 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 da. you know mm. this would be like the target market okay mm. uh people who live in the countryside in this 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 country blah, blah. and let's say for example that this person is um maybe he's in the uk so He's going to do his research in the UK because there's some people, you know, from his target market in, in, in that country. Why go somewhere else? You know, keep it simple. So people with a relatively, ni- you know, high income. So mm-hmm. people in relatively nice communities and so on. Okay. So what could he do to get some feedback? Uh, he could do some kind of storyboard. He could sort of sketch things and explain how it would work. Um, even better, he could... Um, you know, use cardboard, maybe sort of make some kind of mock-up. 
it's going to be roughly this size and you're going to use this like this mm. ta, 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 you know and uh, and and then the bill at the end of the month is um, for cooking is 20% lower uh, and this is how it translates uh, maybe you cook um, something in a traditional way uh, whatever four nights per week for uh, whatever 30 minutes on average every time blah 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 and then you're paying that much in energy cost for that cooking activity per week uh, per, mm. per per month uh, and and that translates to that much per year uh, and with this new device actually uh, from whatever 5000 pounds it will go down to just 1000 pounds so you you earn you know you say 4000 pounds and for the next 10 years you 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 earn uh, 40000 pounds yeah so you pick a few people from that target market and you explain all of that to them and you you sort of show them you know the size of the device and da, 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 and and how it would work roughly and then you see people are, are like what okay for 40,000 pounds and I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy about the way it works you know that that's not even worth looking into or something like that or you know it's kind of bulky i'm not that interested um or it's it would be a bit weird and i have some fears about the way we would cook you know maybe the result would not be the same nah not for me well mm-hmm. then he knows if he talks to let's say 20 people of that uh, target market and maybe he can catch them you know i don't know in the market on the morning uh, or, or whatever he's got to to find a way to approach these people and get five minutes of their time and talk to them. And that's the very, very uncomfortable aspect of it, right? But he could be like, I don't know, mm. going to um, a church and, uh, you know, say, you know, uh, when people get out on Sunday morning, mm. it's like, hey, you know, can I talk to you? I have, um, uh, I'm an inventor. I'm, uh, I want to have your feedback on something, whatever, you know, that's the uncomfortable part of it, but you cannot get to get over it. If you believe in your project so much that you're ready to spend years of your time and a lot of money to develop mm. it, you can force yourself to do it, right? And yeah, yeah if you look to 20 people and they say, ah, no, not really, you know, like 17 of them are like, not really. And maybe only three of them are maybe, you know, mm. uh, let, let's see. Well, you, you know that it might not be a big hit. Right. And then you need to go back to the white piece of paper, basically, and think, okay, uh, what did they tell me? What kind of feedback did I get? Maybe say, they say that it's too bulky. Maybe they said, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't want to replace my current stuff uh, or, or whatever. Right. And then how to make the design evolve and then yeah. get back to them and show them again. And you will notice all of that is without making any prototype. You mm. can just mock things up, sometimes in cartoon, sometimes just uh, 3D print something, put a little bit of paint on it so that it looks a bit more realistic, whatever. Yeah. Get a another product of a relatively similar shape and function, put a sticker on it saying, okay, this does this mm-hmm. here, not that, or whatever, right? Get people to imagine, basically, and and, and see what they say see what kind of concerns they come up with, see what kind of habits they have around that activity, right? Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. 
And I was just thinking, and I realised that what you're talking about is doing this, you know, like really bootstrapping it. And maybe this would be something that, you know, an entrepreneur on their own is definitely going to need to do. They're going to need to get out there and do the hard yards. If you've got a bit more budget, I assume that you could hire a market research company to do this as well. So you could, but you get to be there. Right. Right. Because as a founder, as someone who is sort of envisioning the whole thing and how it would work and everything, you really need to hear that feedback. Mm. Right. Otherwise, the market research firm will have a few questions, will write things down and so on, but will not, when they hear something, will not, you know, ask follow up questions the right way or something in a way that's really useful to you. But what you're yeah. trying to do is at the same time get some feedback, but also uh, get to the next stage of, oh, okay, so it's too much like this, but how about it if you were like that or, or something, right? It might give you some ideas right away. You can bounce back, okay? And um, yeah, and ideally, maybe you, some of them are pretty enthusiastic and you can, um, you can, sh- you know, shoot a short video of them explaining like how it would help them or whatever. And this is great for investors. Okay, there's some mm-hmm. people out there who love it. And this guy, now more importantly for, uh, for, for smart investors, more importantly, that person here, the founder has actually done the hard work of talking to people. You know, mm. and he's getting the feedback and he's iterating based on that. And so this guy can be coached. He listens, he he will uh he will iterate, he will adjust his concept, he's not gonna go full steam ahead with some um some ideas that, that are based on a bunch of theories. No, he yeah. is listening, right? That, that that makes a big difference. And mm. yeah, everything I'm I'm saying here, um there's, there's been a number of books about that. Steve Blank and um, Customer Development. Yeah, that's um, a former entrepreneur turned a professor somewhere in, in Stanford or Berkeley or so, somewhere mm. in, uh, around Silicon Valley. Uh, he had a lot of influence on a lot of people. Um, Eric Ries and the, the Lean Startup also, you know, say, okay, you, you get to 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 think of what is the minimum viable product don't get too complicated don't da, 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 you know but this still misled a lot of people because they heard product so mm. people think oh this is the version one of the product that, that gets produced and actually what he was thinking because he's more of a software guy is something quick and dirty put together to get some feedback right so mm. for hardware products that means just prototypes and sometimes just uh, mock-ups right? Uh, that give an idea about how it would work and what it would look like. So it, it's mm-hmm. more like minimum viable prototype to get some feedback. That's what MVP really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, there's a number of other uh, books and, 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 and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, articles and so on, on on all of that. But it, it's really painful to see some people who spend a lot of time, raise a lot of money, and then they basically, you know, their startup completely explodes, you know, makes a huge mm. crater. Um, and then, okay, why? Well, because the idea was not validated with the target market. <laughs> that's, that's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. This is similar to 
one point that you and Liz made a couple of weeks ago in the podcast. A great idea alone isn't necessarily going to be valued that much by investors, even though you might love your idea and think your idea is amazing. Uh, if you haven't got it validated by the people who are actually going to buy it, what's an investor going to think? Right. So, yes, there's basically validating a, a new product and the startup behind it, right? For an investor, it's basically about market traction on one hand and the the milestone of having a prototype, a working and, and look-like prototype. These are two big milestones. I, I mean, market research and, and getting showing that there's traction is, you know, maybe once it's really proven and there's a number of people who like signed up to to get some some updates and things like that, then it, it's like a, yeah, you could say a milestone, but it's not really in terms of milestone here. It's more about, you know, what has been done? Has, has this risk been cut down sufficiently? Is there enough uh, evidence that this concept might fly, right? So, and these are the big, the two big things about uh, validating a new product, market traction and, and, and prototype. And in, especially for relatively simple products, getting to a prototype is not very exciting. <laughs> it's really not sufficient. Now, having thousands of people who say, I want it, is quite different. Mm. It's much more interesting, right? For some much more technically complex, challenging products, uh, getting to a prototype is, you know, sort of amazing. But if there's zero market traction, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. It's, 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 it's not going to help much. Okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, that, that's the way I, I, uh, I see it. Uh, and, yeah, I, I should mention uh, what made me think of talking about that is some of the discussions in the Hardware Academy. So this is a nice forum for people who are developing their new products, especially electronic products. You know, if you're starting to design it, if you try to find ways to to do it uh, on a on a shoestring budget, if you want to um, do some of the design work yourself, and so on and so forth, uh, it's it's um, it's a great forum. Uh, but there's also all kinds of advice, yeah, including on how to actually set up your business and and uh, structure your business and reduce market risk and so on. And they have one of the one of the advisors there uh, is, um, is is called Dave Millman, and he's got decades of experience, uh, basically doing market research and collecting feedback from from target users and helping uh, companies, you know, iterate on that and so on. And um, yeah, he's he's got so much experience; it's, it's amazing. So that that was yeah. um, little parenthesis about you know where I saw some of these discussions, but it's the kind of things we also push some of our clients because, and yeah, people contact us sometimes and they say, Oh, and um, this is the concept and blah, blah, blah. And then we say, well, have you done some market research? And they're like, what? Um, this is totally useless. You know, um, first I need to get a fully a mature prototype and da, 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 da. You know, then I can show it to people, get some feedback, but right now it's just an idea. And we're like, 
two. Okay. Market research zero. <laughs> Risk yeah. that this project goes nowhere. High. Right. <laughs> right. And then there's some at the opposite end of the spectrum. Some people come to us and say, well, um, uh, we, we get just a proof of concept prototype, but based on that, we already get a lot of pre-sales from mm. whatever big institutions, governments, whatever. And we're like, hmm, well done. This is going somewhere, you know? Yeah. And it's not just us. It's any experienced manufacturer. You approach them and you say, nah, no market research, nothing. It's just based on my guts, gut feeling. And I'm sure it's going to work. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that a hundred times. <laughs> mm. And half the time it just blows up. There's nothing, you know? So, um this 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 is a, again a very big blind spot mm. and i think mm. it's important for people to um to keep an eye out for for it does that put your relationship with your potential manufacturer on rocky ground as well though because uh, you speak about you know getting investors enthusiastic about your idea by actually validating it and that enhances the credibility in their eyes but you know you've spoken before about manufacturers it's important to get them on side and to get them interested and to keep them interested as well, right? Of course. Oh, basically when you start a new company and you have a project to develop a new product that doesn't exist yet, you have to sell your project to everybody, right? If you need to raise capital, you go to investors and you have to sell, you know, your business plan or whatever. You, you you go to a manufacturer and you want them to to put their best engineers on on, on the project you know so it goes fast uh, with good results and so on but there's always a lot of competition for this best you know the best project manager the best whatever they're usually already taken by existing customers and the biggest customers you know there's always a need for these guys uh, but you don't you might not have the a team maybe you have the B team but you don't want the D team right yeah um and 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 you you want the boss to be kind of oh okay this really seems like a high potential project you know yeah. let let's uh, let's put some resources on it let's put it higher on the priorities list okay otherwise mm-hmm. <laughs> everything will be slower and you get a junior project manager who doesn't really know what's going on and so on and so forth yeah. not fun not fun don't no. yeah don't do that yeah okay so uh, what we've learned today really is that this is sort of like pre pre pre-production work that's so important and in fact can be done with next to nothing you might not even need a tangible prototype like a rapid prototype like a 3d printed uh right you you know product uh, example you could potentially just go with with uh, mock-up designs you know CAD designs or something like that I suppose and so important so important for getting that investment which of course for a lot of new hardware startups is essential but also getting the right manufacturer and to to be working with you effectively rather than I don't know giving (laughs) giving your product to the night shift (laughs) right right absolutely yeah great Mm, good 
Yeah, so so don't be that uh, startup where you just go with your gut alone and then you don't get the market validation. That's the uh, that's the main takeaway here, I guess. So right. uh, yeah, uh, good good one. Um, you mentioned the Hardware Academy. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a paid community, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but people can drop questions about you know because when you develop something, you get always get blocked somewhere, yes. um, and then you can ask, and there's some experts, but you know, in different fields and, you know, plus there's a number of courses and workshops and things like that, including mm-hmm. some that I, I, I did with them. This is good for people who, um, who, who are really doing this for the first time. It, yeah. It's really useful. Yeah. Yeah. You, yourself. I mean, you you, you answer some questions on there and you mentioned some of the other the, the other people on there and uh, yeah so uh, hardwareacademy.com i'll leave the link to it in the show notes go check it out it's a it's a great community mm-hmm. and uh, for anything else that we've mentioned as well more links in the show notes uh, good one Renault. thank you good advice yeah thanks all right thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the sophie's group we're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in asia including inspections auditing new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.